Welcome to the Nejai Chuan Podcast. My name is Isaac Kamins. This is a bi-weekly podcast where my friend Jess O'Brien and I discuss internal martial arts, qigong, and meditation. Uh, we continue this week talking about Sun Ludong and his Bagua Zhang. We're going to look at his Bagua book and the connections between his Bagua Zhang and the I Ching, the Book of Change from Taoism. Uh, then in the Neigong portion of the episode, which is available on our Patreon, uh, we talk about circles and spirals in Bagua Zhang and how to get that going in your practice. I uh, hope you enjoy the episode. Thanks for listening and take care. Welcome to the Neja Chuan podcast with Isaac and Jess. Today we're continuing our discussion about the internal martial arts training of Sun Ludong, the great master of the early 20th century. And now we're moving more into talking about Bagua. After a lot of Xin Yi earlier in the season, we figured now is the time to get more into the Bagua, particularly as it concerns the Book of Changes and the Eight Trigrams, which is this sort of more mystical side of Bagua that connects with internal alchemy and meditation. And I know personally, when I started Bagua, I have to admit, I was definitely drawn in by the mystique and the... Uh, the, the mystical side of the eight trigrams and how they make such a cool combinations of the 64 hexagrams that actually explain or, or show a pattern of, of how energy works throughout the whole universe. And it can go as deep as you want it to go. People use it to tell the future and other people use it as a way of understanding the way the world works. It can even be used as perhaps one combat technique applied to block another one by using the trigrams to compare which one you should use, stuff like that. There's so many different ways you could apply it. And so in my Bagua experience, I've always been on the lookout for that. I've trained in some different schools. Some of them are really into it. Most of them aren't that into it, but they kind of think it's cool. And then the training we've done together is the one where it's been the biggest and sort of the strongest connection to Yijing. Because the way Bruce teaches, it's definitely... The eight trigrams as energies uh, is one of the things that's emphasized. Yeah, Bhaga can be approached from several different angles. You can look at it as a uh, guide. You know, the, the I Ching stuff is a guide for the movements, right? So you just have it as a list. And they're really just like groupings. And they don't have that much to do with the I Ching other than the names. Like a way to order. think patterns of the movements are all... Exactly. Just yeah. be by their names. Sort of other other ones do it through animals, right? They'll have mm. animal systems. Uh, and the one that we do is an Yijing system. Bagua is usually broken into two groups. You have pre-heaven Bagua and you have post-heaven Bagua. The pre-heaven Bagua is the stuff that's generally done around the circle that's based on the eight trigrams. The post-heaven stuff is generally done in straight lines and has more of the fighting angles and technical stuff and it's more the bodyguard uh you know way you would teach it just to the get training people. curriculum yeah, yeah. It's, it's the way you would teach it just for fighting more like Xing Yi or something and then there's the more complete sort of spiritual quote-unquote side of bagua so going to what we're going to be talking about is how Bog certain schools in Bagua, Sun Ludong's being one of them, really emphasize this um, connection between Bagua Zhang, the martial art, 
and Bagua, the theory in the I Ching, right? This this theory of eight uh, forces that then change and create 64 different changes, which are just sort of a guideline for how situations unfold in the in the quote unquote real world, right? So what the art of the martial art of Bagua Zhang did is it took these 64 changes and it used them as a structure for 64 techniques, right? Or eight triagrams with eight variations of each triagram. The more modern approach is you generally will have something like eight or 10 palm changes that are your sort of mother system right there your mother palms which are where everything kind of develops out of that and then there are more complicated sets that are built off of that so when you start talking about the I Ching as a as a method of chi development or meditation you're getting into a very different kind of conversation than when you're talking about it as a uh framework for martial application right and and the framework for martial application is one of those things similar to the five elements in Xing Yi, where you're essentially looking at it as like mathematical formulas for movement right that if they punch high i do this if they punch low i do that if there's two people and i you know blah 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 fill in the blanks right so it's giving you sort of a framework of how to move in relation to the other person or the other force right uh <clears throat> so when you're working on it from that level the first thing you're trying to develop is the eight core energies of bagua Zhang, which can manifest is the the term they like to use in different ways so you end up getting eight different qualities of movement through these different forces right so each of the triagrams represents a different kind of physical force for example the single palm change is a force that's rising up and out right you go heaven trigram right the the second palm change the earth is a force that's going in and down right and then you'll move through the rest of them as you go but it just starts from that idea of if you have up and you have down, that you have now you have yin and you have yang, right? You have these two opposing forces and you can start developing all the other ways these two forces combine, which is essentially what the I Ching is about. So it's a very complicated system when you start looking at it like that. But, uh, you know, that's what Bagua is. And it's it's a... Uh, Combining different bits and pieces to create either combat or energy right. techniques, depending on which perspective you're coming from. And this is one of those Taoist ideas that's kind of inherently uh, difficult to understand, which is how can something be this, but also be that, which is the opposite of it. And that's really what all of this stuff is based on. So, right which is why most of the time you don't bother with any of that just stuff and you just walk the circle and try to use your physical body as a structure, which then brings us to the single palm change. And what the single palm change does is develop that 
physical container for all of this other stuff, right? That, that it's the physical body and the connection to the first energy body of eight energy bodies that are connected to these eight trigrams, the first one being the physical body, right? So <clears throat> when you first start doing Bagua, no matter what system of it you're doing, the first thing you're going to do is you're going to learn the movements and you're going to learn sort of the basic, what they would call Gong or body method, right? And that's going to be your basis for everything that you do later on, right? It's the, it's the uh, ABC of the whole thing. So that's kind of the prologue to what we're going to be getting into. Right. So the first trigram, as you're talking about, is the most basic level of getting the physical body unified. Then the next trigram gets and the third trigram and the fourth, each trigram gets more and more subtle and more energy based on uh, how you express it. But that first palm change, as is often said in Bagua, all you need is single palm change is what a lot of teachers will say in the sense that it contains the seed from which all the other techniques are going to arise. Right. So you could do it. One way to do it is you essentially do all of the eight techniques the way you would do the single palm change, right? So you develop eight ways, eight changes, eight things that are of that, that feeling, right? So you so get the same shape will have eight different feelings within it. There's the wind within heaven, the fire within right. heaven, the lake within heaven. Now, but some schools will do a, a different, like, for example, how you get the 64 generally is instead of being one movement with eight things inside of it, it's eight movements with one thing inside of it, right? So you have eight different movements that you do that you're doing with essentially the same internal feeling, right? Mm. And, and that's sort of that's the post heaven way of doing it, right? So you can come at it from either direction. It, it really generally has to do with which one can you feel, right? If you can't feel your uh, the different layers of energy in your body. You can't do Bagua based on the different layers of tissue inside your body. If you can actually feel that stuff and you can feel the different layers of skin and muscle and tendon and bone and, and ligaments and everything else inside your body, you can do it from that level. But if you can't, you're pretty much stuck just doing it from the outside in. Right? You have, to. And that's what the training program is where that's why you start with the most gross, basic rawest level and then slowly build your proprioception and your awareness and your your inner feeling at each different stage you you develop that you know nobody starts off with it right. obviously you've got to start at the raw level and refine from well, there yeah like for example i mean i did the single palm change for almost 10 years before i learned anything else <laughs> most schools you can learn eight palm changes in you know, a weekend to a year, right? Like yeah, they're going to teach you the whole curriculum fairly quickly. I, I was taught from the point of view of you have to get the first one before you go to the second one. I don't teach it that way because it takes too damn long. But uh, I think that was the sort of old school way of doing it was you first got how to do the single palm change and all of the, or most of the energetic stuff inside of the single palm change. And then you moved on to doing the other physical movements. 
that's the sort of torturous, boring way of doing it. (laughs) (laughs) And then there's the more exciting, maybe less uh, fulfilling way of doing it, which is doing just sort of physical fighting techniques and getting good at it as a martial art and trying to develop some internal practice based on your your fighting abilities yeah i think that's fair to say and also fair that part of that old school method is you got to pry away at your senior students and fellow classmates to try and try and get a preview of those other forms and sort of educate yourself on the side even though the master might have only been teaching single right well that's the personal choice part of it right i think some people may not have had much interest in uh fighting or meditation or healing but they were interested in the other aspects of it so i I, you know i don't know i think it really has to do with what's your what's your jam you know and and leo hong jay was definitely about the the meditation side of things uh you know he came from that tradition of meditation barbara as a meditative art and a fighting art uh for example one of the guys that he learned from learned from a guy named Liang Zaiwen, who was a student of Deng Hai Chuan's, who, quote unquote, focused on meditation, right? So here you have, separate from the Yin Fu Chen Ting Hua system, you have another branch that's uh, purely almost a meditation thing, sounds like, I mean, so that does exist, but that's not right. the, that's not, that's the, not the norm. No, that's not the over-the-counter stuff that you see in, in most places. You know? <laughs> uh, and that's so what I, well, that, sorry, just, but that's what I think when uh, Chen Tinghua told Sun Ludong to go ser- mm. search out this thing, what he was telling him to go find was this other, this other stream of Bagua that really is uh, a, a Taoist meditation practice wrapped up inside of a martial art. So Sun Ludong's quest, as told by his master, was to go to the mountains and learn from the Taoists and see how the, the Book of Changes interacts with Bagua and really master that as his quest, kind of. Um, and here's his book. He starts off by jumping right into that topic. So drawing from Brennan's translation, he says, The usefulness of the Book of Changes is vast and profound. Its greater use is as a study for the inner way of sages, and the outer way of kings. Its lesser uses is a comprehensive method of divination, and it is furthermore an exquisitely detailed guide for self-cultivation and self-discipline. So he touches a couple different things about this is a <coughs> inner way of sages, self-cultivation, self-discipline are all to be found in this book of changes, and he's going to apply that towards Bagua. Right. He's also saying that the folk divination stuff is mm. kind of the, you know, that's the surface mm. level of it. But mm-hmm. that it that's actually, a lesser, yeah. That it actually goes much deeper into this thing of, of self-cultivation. And- right. He says here, the inner way of sages, that's the self-cultivation, and the outer way of kings. Kings need use it to rule the, the world right. around them. So, you know, I mean, it sounds pretty comprehensive, Well, that's the, that's the Lao Tzu and Sun Tzu kind of comparison right you have the the inner use of Taoism would be the Lao Tzu stuff the meditation side of it and the outer would be something like Sun Tzu where you're using those principles to govern you know a a group of people or something like that 
His next statement is, it says in the explanation for the Qian heaven hexagram, just as nature acts with vigor, a gentleman ceaselessly improves, ceaselessly improves himself. This vigor and self-improvement are not vacuous ideals that cannot be demonstrated. So again, he's, I think he's laying out this case that this is the self-cultivation aspect is renowned. Right. And that gentleman is probably the superior man thing that they're of Confucius. Yeah. They're always referencing this idea of the, the sort of upright, virtuous person, the perfect guy or whatever. Right. Like like that exists. But he says, I have studied boxing arts since my youth and have often wished to clarify the significance of the book of changes within each technique. After feeling this way for many years, I then came to Beijing to meet Cheng Tinghua. Discovering that he possessed the Bagua eight trigrams boxing art, I went for, to him to learn it. So again, he's laying out this idea, like I wanted to figure out how to connect the Yi Jing and this guy Cheng Tinghua was the one who was going to show me how to make it. Yeah, well, there it is again, this idea that you know, if you want to do that meditative Yi Jing practice, Bagua has a container for that works very well so he moves here to uh to talk a little bit about what cheng tinghua taught him the innate and acquired skills the actions of shrinking in and flowing out the alternating between direct action and adaptive response these qualities all get trained i then realized just how vast and profound is the usefulness of the book of changes so i was just going to say there's there's these skills actions of shrinking in and flowing out alternating between direct and adaptive response. That reminds me of the Nagong type of training. Yeah, that is, well, yeah, exactly. That's using it as a metaphor for like yin and yang and heaven and earth and all that stuff too. So he speaks a little about Chang Tinghua. However, Chang taught only by way of oral instruction, never writing anything into a special book. I worry that with the passage of time, his teachings will be lost. Hence, despite my own ignorance, I have had photographs made and have included simple explanations for each posture. I would never dare to boast that this work is an achievement, nor do I present anything more than what Cheng Tinghua taught me. And it's pretty cool to think of, to hear someone speak of Cheng Tinghua in the in, in first person, kind of like, because uh, I've always read about him as this legend, but here's uh, Master Sun just talking about him as his teacher which is one of the few places anybody speaks of Cheng Tinghua in that way. Right. I think that's one of the more significant aspects of this book is he's one of the few direct students of Cheng mm-hmm. Tinghua who wrote it down. Most of the books are by the students of Cheng Tinghua's sons. Right. And so this one is, is one of the ones that reaches back even further. So one of the first thing he teaches about what Master Cheng Tinghua said is that one must not deliberately apply the skill of striking acupoints. One who does that will become prone to committing evil deeds. If you are not cruel to others, they will not be cruel to you. In other words, things balance out. The point is that our actions rebound upon us. Karma. Yeah, so it sounds like Cheng Tinghua. It sounds like to me like all the students would come in and say, where are the death point strikes? I want to know exactly, you know, I want to know how to poke somebody and kill them with one shot. And so Cheng Tinghua was probably constantly like, no, come on. You can't, it's not going to work like that. You have to train hard. You can't just learn the secret, you know, acupuncture strikes. And those are sort of looked down on as evil and dark. Well, and more, I think what he's talking about is 
or as much what he's talking about is the karma that you get. Mm. If, if what you're doing is going around uh, hurting people, you know, disabling people unnecessarily, there's a certain karma that comes back on you for that. I, you know, and, and that, that you shouldn't learn this stuff to just be a dick, you know, to, to, <laughs> to just hurt people that, that, there's a certain morality that comes with it. And if you don't possess that morality, uh, it, you know, it'll bite you in the ass. And to that point, he says, I made this book in order to clear the mind, cleanse the emotions, strengthen the body and improve the intellect. The aim is to achieve the quality of centered harmoniousness. If you ever apply this skill against another person, let it be close to never only at a moment when you have no choice. Mm-hmm. So there's the, the morality of Sun Dong there. Right. I, mean, I think that's a, a wise uh, approach because yeah. especially just in the terms of laws and that whole thing. And it's like there's a there's a repercussions for your actions. And I think it's. Yeah. Like, it's and you a, do see that in the world of Xingyi and Baguan Tai Chi. There's there is this vein of high conduct and high standards that are that are emphasized and there's a pride in having, we're kind of upper and we're a little higher class is, is one well, of the vibes it, you get. Yeah. And, and it's about uh, being able to, uh, as Vince Black said to me one time, he said, martial arts is about the control of violence, right? It's not about being violent. It's about controlling other people's violence. And I think that idea that you shouldn't be learning this stuff because you want to be a violent person. If you want to be a violent person, you should get therapy and deal with that issue. Or you should join, or you should join the army and do that kind of work for your get paid to do that work. Right. Yeah. And do it in a way that's contained, quote unquote. Mm, right? Society approved, right. Um, but that you know that that that's a separate thing from learning it as a self-defense mechanism, right? And I think this was part of this shift from uh, martial arts as military training to martial arts as civilian training, right? When you're training to, to kill people, you're training to kill people. When you're training martial arts to, uh, as he put it, you know, do self-cultivation, the hurting other people part of it is always looked at as like the last result, because that means you didn't do all the stuff that you could have done before that happened to avoid it. Right. Right. Um, and only when you have no choice, there, there are, you know, there are situations where you can't control it, but the vast majority of times when you're presented with, you know, should I just flatten this fool? You have a choice to you know do it or not and and i think that's an important thing to kind of look at when you start developing martial skill hey folks isaac here uh, if you want to hear the rest of the episode which is the nagong portion you can go to our patreon uh for five dollars a month you can hear just the extended episodes and for ten dollars a month you can hear all of our exclusive content including interviews with some of our classmates and mentors as well as lessons and discussions we've had that didn't make it to the regular podcast. So it's definitely worth a look. Also check out the Instagram for images to go along with the episodes. Thanks again for listening and take care of yourself.